You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind. With the emergence of a global internet, a human population of several billions, an electronic newsphere that we are now within the shadow of this transcendental object at the end of time. I find it a little difficult to say what the subject matter is going to be, because magic is an enemy. What is up, everybody? Coming to you across the cosmos on airwaves uh, everywhere. We are back with another edition of the Midnight Variety Hour. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Adam. Your boy, Adam. That's right. And we are here on a a great day to sit and just have a conversation. Uh, I love doing this show because it just gives us a space to talk every week. And... Uh, yeah, man, no guest in the studio today. It's been a while since we've had a guest, but honestly, it's kind of nice to, you know, just have a freeform show where we can talk about whatever we want. And uh, yeah, I'm just happy to have the opportunity to, to do our podcast today and talk about wherever conversation leads us, you know? Yeah, and it's a, it's a, it gives us more opportunity to share how we feel about certain things and, and sure. give us more of opportunity to express ourselves and topics we want to talk about other than what our guest wants to talk about so you get yeah. to hear more about what we think what we like and uh today should be no exception for sure so what you got going on this week what have you been up to what's happening in your life in your world well i uh i just wrote down some of my thoughts if you want to hear them while i was i was waiting for Whoa. you to eat your lunch <laughs> Ah, that'd be a, a real privilege. I'd love to hear some shit you wrote down, some right. thoughts that you've put on paper. So out of this window, you, you can't see, Tom, but you know what the studio is. There's a big yeah. glass windows here in the studio, and I was just looking out. I'm going to turn my camera around so people can see what I look at outside. It's a big tree right here. I honestly, I miss being in there. I miss you being can see in that the sky studio. And... Really well. No buildings blocking yeah. my view. So that's what I'm looking at. And as I was looking out there, I was trying to think of, uh, I was thinking of like how unoriginal so much of, so much of everything is like music, uh, you know, entertainment, just things like that. Like so many people um, kind of just copy because it's just, it's the easiest thing to do. You know, like whenever mm -hmm. we see something is successful, everyone wants to do it. You know, there's so many examples yeah. of that. Hard seltzer. You know, <laughs> there's just so Everybody's many, gone. so many ex examples of like people just kind of copying what someone else comes up with. All it really takes is like one person to invent something or think of something or do something. And then everyone wants, wants to do it. Not that there's nothing wrong with it, but it just seems like originality, novelty is, is a really rare thing to come by and it should be uh, appreciated more, you know? And yeah. uh, so I was thinking about that and I was thinking about podcasts and I was like, so like podcast just came out of nowhere. Now everybody does podcasts and it's just the thing. It's just literally a conversation you have. Yeah. And I was trying to think like, how can, what is, what is uh, something like, how can you build on a podcast or how can you make it new or different or original and maybe even call it something else or do something else with it, you know? And then uh, and I was just thinking about conversations. I was like, okay. And I was looking at this tree outside and, uh, and I was like, conversations are like a tree. How's that? <laughs> I know it sounds funny. Like conversations are like a tree. So I was just uh -huh. looking at like the branches and how they keep extending out. Like it starts from a trunk right. and then it continuously from that trunk, it branches out into a whole bunch of little branches and it continues to do that. And so I was just thinking, so I wrote this down. I'll share it with you. It said, when you look at a tree trunk with its solid foundation, this is like the base or topic for beginning a conversation. As it branches out, it becomes more and more complex until there are thousands of different outcomes and pathways in which the tree can take, very similar to how many things in nature happen, including a beautiful conversation. And the flowers, fruit, and leaves are the gems of wisdom we come away with. The leaves dying and falling off the tree symbolize the process of unlearning, which is needed for maturation and growing into new ideas 
or ways of thinking not previously understood. And uh, that's kind of what I was thinking about. But Beautiful. <laughs> anyway. No, but I mean, I mean, there's a lot of truth in that. And I mean, I think you can see examples of that just listening to this podcast. We usually go in with, okay, like this is going to be the core structure of what we want to talk about today, whether it's sports or whether it's meditation or whatever the fuck we're talking about that week. And then it goes over here. It goes over there. We go down some insane tangent. And if you just look at our podcast titles, you know, like sometimes you'll see, all right, there's like one big subject matter, but then there'll be two other crazy things in the podcast title. And it's like, how did they get there? Well, we just let it grow, you know, and it went down some crazy ways. Yeah, right. No, exactly. So, yeah, I feel that, man. I feel like if I ever wrote down my thoughts, it'd be a lot less uh, uh, thoughtful, a lot less uh, <laughs> thought provoking. Probably just be like, oh, food is good. Uh, <laughs> fucking, you know, real no, I'm just kidding. I have complex thoughts, but I don't I don't find myself uh, looking at a tree and thinking about stuff like that. <laughs> Dude, I've had some of my most profound insights from just looking at very simple things in nature. Like if I'm sitting at a mm. at a like one time I was sitting on a bench in the Arboretum in Houston, uh, right next to this little pond, and there was this beetle just walking past me on the on the like little wood on the floor right right under the bench and i was just looking at it and it was a really crazy looking one of those like multicolored beetles that kind of oh, like yeah, yeah. i don't know what you call how like when the light shines on it, it's like multicolored it's one yeah, of those like i know the term that they use in paint yeah, like when paint looks like that they they call it pearlescent okay so yes. i don't know if you would like consider that that beetle was pearlescent but i know exactly what you're talking Anyways, about Anyways, it's not important but i was just looking at the the beetle walk by and i was just thinking like what makes that beetle alive like, what makes it living? What's making it move? Like, why isn't it just an inanimate object? Like, yeah. And so I was just thinking, like, life. Like, what gives things life? Like, what is life? Why is there life? You know, it's just like... I know. It's weird, because <laughs> I was actually thinking about that the other day. I was yeah. actually probably thinking about that maybe two days or so ago. I think I was walking. We we have so much, like, outdoor stuff to do here, and there's, like, a bunch of wooded areas you can walk through. And I think I was just walking, and I was looking at birds and stuff. And I'd recently been listening to some scientific podcasts or YouTube videos, and I was thinking about if all of this came from the Big Bang, right? Just some freak thing where like pressure and, you know, all this stuff took all the matter in the universe that was condensed like this small and then just boom, made it expand like crazy and planets formed and all this stuff. Okay, like I can understand where the elements came from. I can understand how a planet forms. But what is the scientific explanation for how life kicks off, you know? Why Why does there even need to be life? Why would science have any, you know what I mean? Like why from the Big Bang, you know, what, what from the Big Bangs gave rise to animals and like why, you know what I mean? Like where's yeah. that life come from? What, yeah. I wanna know scientifically, if we're just saying, okay, bam, the Big Bang started everything and it was all just a scientific chain of events that led to everything we're seeing right now. Explain to me, life and where that came from yeah and i think when you start asking why like why did why is life why like what is life and you start asking those like simple questions it really comes down to the fact that we really don't know and we just have really educated right. guesses and theories i mean we call the big bang a theory you know it's a big bang theory not fact right so we have to understand that for sure like we understand like it's just a theory we're just trying to figure out with the best with what the tools we have of measurements and we just this is our best educated guess at the moment, you know? Right. Twenty, hundred, a thousand years from now, it can be could be a completely different theory, especially with the James Webb Space Telescope right now. I can't wait to see what that discovers. Oh but. my god. Yeah, what's the timetable <laughs> on that? How far away are we from getting that thing up and running? Yeah, uh, honestly, well, right now it's in the process of like uh, aligning everything, so it's trying to so it's in the process of of uh of being fully operational, I don't know when that timetable is, but it should be soon. Yeah. But anyways, like the, um, yeah, and I was thinking about, like, life, like, th it really is a phenomena, dude. It's just a, this mir miraculous phenomena that's happened, and, and we're just here. And, and uh, you know, it's just one of those things that really makes you question. And then so, like, when I was looking at that beetle, I was like, that has the life force. That has, like, some type of life force, whatever you want to call it, right? Some people call it Dao people call it uh chi 
you know, whatever that, you know, different right. cultures have different words for like what life energy is. Like, what is that energy? Because it really is energy. It's a process of like movement of like, you know, vibrations creating. For sure. Molly, like, you know, whatever that chemical process and energies that are all happening that make life happen. And, uh, and that's happening within every living thing. So it makes you like, when I think about that, it makes me think that we're so related. We're so much more related to everything that is alive than not. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the only way I can really describe it is some sort of energy because, you know, you can ask yourself like, oh, what makes this beetle alive or what makes any of us alive? But just try to describe life in and of itself. Like just try and describe to someone, okay, what is life? It's it's kind of hard to do. It seems <laughs> yeah. like a simple answer, you know? Yeah, it's really not. Yeah. Like, how do you describe that something is living and how do you describe what that life is that's making it live? I, I don't know. It's such It's such an interesting thing and it's one of those situations where it's like, you know, fish swimming in the water, but they have no idea like what water is or how it even works. It's like, we're all living every single day and just like going about our lives, but we have no idea how life even happens. You know, we know how to reproduce, but we don't know scientifically what gives something life, you know? And then do you think like this also, and this is another, so we think, okay, trees, plants, bugs, insects, mammals, those are all like, we can all say, yes, for sure. Those are living things, right? They're right. all living, they're adapting, they're learning, they're growing. But another, if you take this step further, like, would you say the sun is living? Would you say, like, suns? Would you say, like, maybe planets or galaxies or a universe is alive? But then that, that would obviously determine, like, depend on what your term or definition of life is, though. Yeah, see, I don't think so. But, I mean, we also don't know, I don't know, we don't know enough about anything to to come to that conclusion i mean i i don't think so i think in order for something to be living it has to have some sort of i don't know cognitive function above a certain level but nature seems to you know repair itself and things like that so maybe the earth is alive i don't know i mean there's an episode of rick and morty where rick like fucks a planet (laughs) and like has a relationship with the planet so maybe we just don't know enough about yeah the way stuff works to be able to make that decision. Yeah. It it's yeah. it seems hard to believe for me that a ball of burning gas that is just like <laughs> the result of a continuous combustion of gas that that would be living. It just seems like some sort of scientific entity, you know, but but maybe we're wrong. Maybe you know, maybe we we currently think only a fraction of the things that are actually are living are living. Maybe we don't even know the half of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it comes down to our limited understanding or our limited capacity to perceive and understand things, right? Like we're still so limited in what we can and can't perceive, you know? Like, for example, mm-hmm. dark matter. We're still trying to figure out what the hell is dark matter. I know. And, and, you know, like that's supposed to make up a big percentage of the known universe. And so stuff well, like it's that. It's like an overwhelming percentage. I think right. I saw a quote one time that said, we can only observe like 20% of the universe and 80% of it is dark matter, which we have no idea how to even perceive, let alone understand. Exactly. I don't know if those numbers are true or not, but imagine if it was way less than that. Imagine if it was just 20%. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or or 30. Imagine if someone told you there's 30% of the universe that you don't even have the ability to perceive. You can't even see it. Mm -hmm. That would be insane. But 80 yeah, and we already so, think the universe is huge. To yeah. think that we're only seeing twenty percent, right? And and what makes dark matter important is that it's supposed to be like the a part of the very fabric that entangles everything in the known universe, right? Right. So that's pretty extraordinary. But uh, yeah, man, it's fun. It's fun. Fun to think about, man. Just thought experiments and get your brain working. <laughs> also terrifying, you know, man. It's it's so crazy to think about stuff like that. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, I don't know, we're living in a time where I feel like we're getting answers faster than ever in human history, you know? I mean, I can't speak to all of human history, because, I mean, I'm sure thousands of years ago they were making, you know, pretty fast advancements relatively quickly. But just with things like the James Webb Telescope and stuff that NASA is discovering and, and things that we're learning every single day, it seems like we're living in an age where, I mean, we're learning more and more about the world that we're in so often, 
and we're coming up with these new inventions and running these new tests that are helping us understand more and more, you know, finding the ways that light behaves, finding out new things about gravity, finding out new things about dark matter. And I mean, I don't know if this is statistically true, but it just seems like right now is the time in human history where we are learning the most about the world around us the quickest, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I who think... knows what we'll know in 50 years, you know? Right, right. Yeah, so it's a fun time to live in, dude. It's really fun to be alive right now and to be in this, this moment of history where where all these things are happening, man. It's it's really fun. I'm enjoying I mean, it. we have pictures of black holes. You know, people have actually captured yeah. images of things like black holes. And we have images of, you know, neutron stars. And we have images of, you know, nebulas and all kinds of stuff that people a hundred years ago could never imagine being able to, to see with their own eyes. And now that we have the James Webb, which I don't think enough people are excited about. I don't know if that many people know just how capable that telescope is going to be. But I mean, the world should be extremely excited yeah, for, man. for the, the possibilities. I mean, people are saying we're going to be able to, you know, look all the way out through space time to you know possibly the beginning of the universe right you know because we're already able to see light from things that are you know millions of light years away so we're seeing things millions of years in the past but we're going to be seeing things i mean they're talking about us being able to see stuff that's 14 15 billion years old i mean going back to the very beginning of the universe so you know what i think is going to happen is that 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 telescope like we say the beginning of the universe right what I think it's re we're really going to discover is that the universe is much older than we think. I think it's going to. They're going to. They're going to look back there and they're going to be like, "Wait, this is supposed to be 15 billion light years yeah. away. Why is there so much more? How old is all this shit?" I yeah. think it's just going to keep going. It's just going to. I think like what we're seeing right now, the the farthest we can see right now, is only a microcosm of. I think it's just going to keep expanding, and and we're just going to realize just how massive and like infinite the universe is you know at least to our perception that's but just my it even possible to see you back i mean <laughs> i'm not trying to to ask like a big stupid question but i just want to know how that's even possible how is the james webb telescope or any you know space telescope for that matter hubble how are they able to see that far what i mean it's mainly mirror-based technology mm -hmm. How is it able to see that far? The thing about these telescopes is they're so complex, or at least they seem super complex because they're able to carry out these unbelievably complicated tasks and they give us the ability to do things that don't even seem like they should be remotely possible for someone at our stage of civilization. And I have no idea how they work. I mean, I've seen hundreds, thousands of images from Hubble. But if someone was like, give me an elementary understanding of how the Hubble telescope works. I would just say, uh, it's in space and has like refracting mirrors and shit. And that, that would be it. So I just want to, I want someone to tell me how it's even possible that we're able to do this, you know? Right. No, you're, it's a great question. I do know the development of the James Webb. Just guess, <clears throat> just guess how long it's been developed, been in development for. Well, let's see. Hubble, I think, I could be super wrong on this, but I think Hubble started being worked on in like the 80s. Um, so I would imagine James Webb started not super long after that, but also not super duper. Uh, it's 2022, 2000. I don't know. That's close. 1996. Oh, man. So just think about that, man. Over 30 years it's been in development. Ten years of planning alone. Ten years and of planning alone. Think about how. Think about how outdated shit is from 1996. Oh, exactly. Like, look at phones and computers and televisions from 1996, and just know that that is when that telescope started being built. And it was and ten billion dollars. <laughs> That's more than most countries' GDP. <laughs> it's, my, it's insane. It's really just insane to think about. And then we're just shooting that thing up on a rocket. Can you imagine if that rocket just exploded? <laughs> it's Dude, crazy. that would be 
Honestly, but it didn't happen. I, I, I can't jinx it because it's already out there. It's already in space, and it's, it's yeah, looking... it's already up there. <laughs> so. um, they just start playing the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme song. <laughs> curb your Curb your telescope. Um, yeah, I mean, think about the fact that everyone had like giant cell phones that were just like bricks with big antennas, and TVs were these giant boxes with projectors on the inside of them. And computers like had to be plugged in to work and they were super chunky and your average computer had like, you know, the RAM was measurable in megabytes, not gigabytes, you know, like just dinosaur technology. Right. And they were working on this telescope back then that is going to be able to see billions of light years away. Yeah, exactly. You ever yeah. think about simple technology that you use every day in your life and just ask yourself, <laughs> how the fuck is this shit possible? Like, the other, not the other day, but a while ago, I was setting up a uh, antenna in my apartment, like just a digital antenna, and just pulling TV cha- t- TV channels out of the air, and you know, hundreds of them came through. Not hundreds, but a lot, dozens yeah, and sure. dozens of TV channels. Think about how insane it is that I just had this black square on my wall, and I just plugged it into this flat screen, and. It just pulled video and audio out of the fucking air. You know, we don't think about how crazy it is because we enjoy it every day. And in fact, it's not even an advanced form of entertainment. (laughs) Pulling TV channels out of the air is like the most bare bones way to watch TV imaginable. But think about how insane it is. How is it synced up? (laughs) It's coming from miles and miles away. Yeah. From a broadcast point that's literally just shooting waves into the sky. And it's reaching your house at a speed of like almost light speed. I mean, like legitimately radio waves travel at almost light speed. And somehow it's reaching your receiver. It's all put together, synced up, travels through a wire, and then displays itself on your screen. Think about how fucking insane that is and how people think nothing of that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, or think about how many things your average everyday human uses all the time, but has no idea how it functions or how it works. Like when we think about the aliens coming down and they're super advanced, Mm -hmm. we think about every single one of those aliens being all knowing, being really smart, having an amazing grasp of science and technology. You know, we don't imagine there just being an alien who's like, yeah, my name's Carl. Uh, I just go to work at my job, and yeah, I don't know how the ship works. I don't know how. I don't know what makes the ship fly. Yeah, man. You know, think about that. When you're driving to to work, right? You're driving in your car. You're just a regular human. But if I said, "Okay, Adam, here's all the pieces of your car. Build that car for me. Right? Tell me how everything in this pile works, and then put the car together." You would have no idea what the fuck to do. Yeah. And think about how many humans are just using shit. They have no idea how it works. We're so advanced and unadvanced at the same time. It is so amazing that we have things like TV. And the fact that you and I are doing this right now, we are literally on two separate devices, Mm -hmm. 2,000 miles apart. And we're talking to each other in real time and looking at each other. And being able to record it onto a hard drive. That we will then put on a place (laughs) called the internet where it can then be accessed by literally anyone on planet Earth. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is, it is a miracle. There's no other way to say it. It's literally everything that we're experiencing right now and, and that most people are experiencing right now is no short of a miracle. That's point blank period, right? It's just, there's no other way to, 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 to break that down because of the infinite amount of possibilities that came to this moment. The people that had to have been born, the people, the ideas that had to have been thought, the, the material that we had would just have to have need like plastic, like. You know what I mean? Like all these little things come together to make these extraordinary things happen. Right. And on that, on that same topic of like, of how, you know, I guess how ignorant a lot of people can be of the universe. And I'm definitely to blame for it too, of, of, of the universe we live in and the technology we have. Think about, think about just the, the, like how many people do you think know if it's nighttime and you can see the stars perfectly clear? How many people do you think can point to the North Star? Uh, yeah, maybe 20% of the population, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Right. And so it's like, so, so some of the things are just basic 
fundamental information to know like where you are in the universe where are the stars over your head just little simple things like yeah. even just natural natural phenomena that we really should know that that ancient people have been studying even before our modern technology has you know like just all the thing about all the cultures who studied the stars to figure out where we are in relationship to the universe where we yeah i mean yeah and think about the millions of people that don't understand or don't know very simple details about the universe like i guarantee you there are millions millions upon millions of people that think the light that the moon like when when you go outside and you look up at the moon and it's shining bright how many millions of people do you think think that the moon just emanates bright light on its own bro bro, i had this conversation with somebody and i was really mind blown I went to a Chelsea Handler con or not a concert, a uh, comedy show. She was doing stand up comedy. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember you told me you guys went to that. And she, this was her. I know she was being honest because she's unapologetically herself and honest. She didn't right. even care right. like how stupid she comes across. But she literally said, <laughs> she said she was like in Africa or somewhere. I don't even know why she would have this realization in Africa. Maybe because she was in an unfamiliar <laughs> environment. But uh. she said she was looking up at the sky. And she saw, and it was during the day, I guess she was like riding elephants or something, I don't know, doing something in right. Africa like that. And she saw the moon during the day in the sky, right? And she was like, oh shit. Like, what? why is the moon out right now? Mm-hmm. And like, she was, she said she was really confused. And she told her, I think she was with her sister or a family member or something. And she was like, she was like, why, what, what is that? Why is that happening? What is, like, what's going on? <laughs> And she thought that the moon and the sun were the same thing. She's like, how can they both be up at the same time? No. <laughs> I swear to God, bro. She was like, that, but that just shows like how disconnected we are to the, but I know that's that's probably the most extreme end of the spectrum, but still just goes to show that people just don't even really think about it or completely forgot what they were taught as a child. And, uh, you know. But it's just basic so, understanding, uh, basic things to understand within our universe. Now, I would <laughs> say that's probably a less common thought. But if she thinks that, how many other people do you I think? Know, that's think? what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's, like, it's got to be millions. Yeah. At least, I mean, there's about 8 billion humans. It's got to be at least 10 to 20 million. At least. And, and, bare minimum. I mean... That's insane. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was I like, was shocked, bro. I was shocked when she said that. <laughs> or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just like the American school system just failed a few number of people. Maybe in Europe, maybe everyone knows exactly how the solar system functions. I don't know. But you just see these movies where aliens come down and they have a total understanding of the layout of the universe. There's this scene. Have you ever seen a movie called K-Pax with Kevin Spacey? No. Okay. K Pax is this movie. Stars Kevin Spacey. He plays this alien. Uh, oh, I think e- I know what you're talking about now. I think everyone I just thinks he's a crazy guy because yeah. he just looks like a human, right, you know? Right. And they're like, all right, let's take him to the planetarium and let's see him prove that he has like some universal knowledge. Right. And they bring him there and he's just naming things that no. He's like naming stars and planets and drawing exactly where they are without even like needing to think about it. And they're just like, how do you know all this? And he goes, every Cape Paxian knows this from the right. time they're a child. Yeah, yeah I remember and it's that just like, <laughs> And he's just like, yeah, of course, everyone on our planet knows how this shit works. And I was thinking, we are 8 billion people strong. We have telescopes in space that can see to the fucking beginning of time or the beginning of the universe, possibly. You know, we're flying around in private jets. We have cell phones and computers and all of that. But at the same time, <laughs> there are millions of humans that think the moon and the sun are the same thing. <laughs> yeah, dude, it really, I mean, I, I think there are things that we should be taught as children that should be fundamental knowledge. And obviously, our school systems think a little bit differently. Um, right. Uh, you know, they're obviously the basic science classes and you obviously have all these basic classes, right? Where you're supposed to learn these things. But 
how many people walk away from those classes actually memorizing? I mean, we may have just we we may take all of these classes and then come away. I think most people come away with maybe re remembering maybe twenty percent of it, right? Like yeah, I mean, people always joke about the fact that everyone remembers that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Like that's been a meme for I don't know a decade. But at the same time, like, okay, so I am completely behind the fact that there should be core knowledge you should gain about, like, the way the world works scientifically in school. However, people also say, well, I wish I didn't learn, you know, uh, organic chemistry, and instead I learned how credit worked or how to balance a checkbook or how taxes worked and stuff like that. And do you think there's a way that someone could learn both and fully commit all that to memory? Like could someone, I, I just feel like the school system is not working and we have people learning shit they don't need to learn. Yeah. But we also have people not, people are learning stuff they'll never need and people are not learning things they absolutely will need. Yeah. And, and so it's like, how do we get to that line in the middle? Because people are, I look back at math problems I was solving when I was in high school. And I thought to myself, how, what the fuck? I knew how to solve this. Like, I could look at a graph on a graphing calculator and I could tell you exactly what type of function it was. Like, I could see a math equation and go, that's going to graph into a parabola. I, I would just know, you know, and it wouldn't even be hard for me. Dude, I think and now I have no idea yeah. how I was doing any of that. Yeah. I think that it, I think what could really revolutionize our schooling system is having real world applications for the things we learn. Like, we can still keep a lot of the stuff the same systems, learning about cellular function, learning about astrology and the planets. But, like, how, like, say you're taking a science class and you're learning about one of the planets. How about have a telescope where you can take all the kids out and they can actually go look at something either that you're studying or yeah. understand like or little things like how math like if you're learning in math class like how many people how many people hate math and it's the, one of the worst you know hated subjects in the history right but what would happen if you take those same kids learning math and actually take them out and show them like here's here's uh here's how pi works in nature here's how right, right. angles change and you go out i'll go out in the backyard and you can just go look at simple things and and measure right. certain things and like look here's how fundamental here's how fundamental these equations are to nature and how, how how and why we are studying this right now you know what i mean you could just do little things like that and you're like oh wow that i bet that would stick in people's heads a lot more than just looking at a textbook and having to memorize an equation and you know what i mean it's like yeah. real world well, application. How, how much of them hating it how much of them hating math is based on the fact that in their head they're sitting there going i'm never going to need this you know what i mean exactly but understanding and that I mean, it's a fundamental it, understanding that some these things are fundamental to how reality and our nature works is like that'll immediately i think change so many people's minds like oh this isn't just a stupid thing in a textbook that someone came up with no this is like actually how nature works right you know i mean at the same time i do think there are things that maybe your average kid doesn't need to learn like uh i've never used fucking calculus in real life you know what I mean? I, I've never needed to like sit there and go, oh shit! All right, let me break out my knowledge on sine and cosine and tangent. I've never needed trigonometry. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. So maybe there should be a pathway you can go down and learn those maths if it's something you're really interested in. Everyone should learn algebra, one hundred percent. Everyone should learn geometry, one hundred percent. But beyond like geometry and algebra too. I really don't know if your average kid needs to be taking cow. Here's why I think break. here's why I think it's important. <laughs> because what if a solar like a coronal mass ejection happens? A solar flare from the sun the shuts everything toast. out. No, right, I know. But like what happens if you have to rebuild and this is obviously an extreme case. What happens if you have to rebuild society and no one there's no one in, no one survived that new calculus? Oh shit, we have to relearn everything. But, right. But Adam, I don't I took calculus. Yeah. I know nothing about it. Right. I could not explain to you. I've been out of high school for almost <laughs> ten years. I know nothing. Yeah. Even though I probably took it and I passed it. I right. took so many tests, so many calculus tests. Right. Nothing in my life. I never I didn't do a math centered major in college. And I've never practiced Cal since then. So it's completely lost my you know, 
Just save it all on a database somewhere under the earth, somewhere that can never get blown up. <laughs> save it all on a hard drive. Yeah. But I, I just think, well, like, and I, don't I, get me wrong, I love math and I love science and I, I love science yeah. so much. I, I'm so interested by it and I think it's so important for children. But at the same time, I just ask myself, do kids really need to be learning how a covalent bond works and not learning how credit works or the housing market or you know so like the values of trade school and then on top of all that i don't know i feel like i'm just piling on the school system (laughs) right now but on top of all that it's just like everything is taught to them in with such an emphasis on okay here's how you need to understand this stuff in order to pass a standardized test it's all like remember this little trick and remember this and remember this and you can pass those tests and then you'll pass the class and so then these kids are doing all this calc work literally just to pass the standardized testing to get out of that grade or whatever. Right. No, you're exactly right. And so it's like they're learning it, but they're not even learning it in a meaningful way. So mm. they're just going to lose it anyway. So mm. now all they have done literally is just waste their fucking time. Yeah. And so this is why I think, like, say, if you're learning calculus or you're learning, you know, other things that you don't think you probably need. But like I go back to, like, understanding how that works in real world applications, because like if you take a lot of these topics what ends up happening is you can start to see patterns and relationships in ways certain things work like you can start to see how math is related to microbiology you can start to see how how things that happen on a micro level also happen on a macro level and you start i think i think you come away with a, a bigger perspective or smaller perspective of like how the universe really works and all of these intricate systems that are really all entangled and are all affecting each other in different ways. And I think just overall, this should at least, you know, change the perspective of how people perceive themselves as a human being living on this planet Earth in this Milky Way galaxy, right? Or just like, you know, and understand what components are all made of and how all this is connected. Even if you don't understand the, you know, the exact equations, you don't memorize exact dates or you know, exact functions of things. At least you have a broad understanding of like how things work in in your place in the universe. And, uh, um, like, and then, and then just, I think that the way we help people memorize that and kids memorize that is showing them how that actually works in the real world, man. I just think that's so important because like, I would love, I would love to take, if I have a child one day, um, I think there's so much to learn in just being in nature, taking them out to the streams and the ponds oh, and, the, I completely and, agree. and forests and the beaches and, and showing them how, how things work there. Why, why are these certain things happening? Look at this, look at this tree, how it's growing. What do you think that is? Why is that happening? Look at this mushroom, you know, and just like understand like how all these things are connected and work together. Right. And then, and then taking them back to the classroom and say, look, this is what you saw. This is how it works. Here's how it's connected. Here's the process that's happening for this to create. And, and, the, and in that way, because like you look at like, native americans like look how much wisdom they had from just living in nature and they knew it this plant makes this happen this is why i can't eat this oh someone is sick with this we'll treat them with this specific root they didn't understand they didn't understand chemistry or microbiology but they understood how things were so you don't have to understand those you don't have to go deep into the textbooks to really understand how life and nature works right and you can still be very intelligent in that way so i think combining the two will really create something beautiful you know i mean dude they didn't know how bacteria or germs worked or any of that shit but they knew how to treat illnesses when Mm -hmm. people were sick they knew what to give people when they weren't feeling well they knew how to treat wounds caused by certain animals and and things like that so um yeah man i i completely agree i plan to spend a lot of times with my with my kids in nature going to national parks or just exploring the local environment around where we live whether it's up here in the pacific northwest and just going into the woods into parks all the time or whatever but i mean there's so much to be said for out of the classroom learning and i don't think there's enough emphasis placed on it no you get Um, you get 30 minutes of recess time after lunch that's it (laughs) yeah and you only have 30 minutes so all you want to spend during that time you know, all you want to do is you, you just want to spend it playing tag or shooting basketball or whatever yeah. the fuck. And it's like, well, <laughs> why don't you just give people more time outside, but you use some of that outside time to show them, you know, how the world literally works around them, you know? There's a lot of studies and research on this exact topic of kids who spend more time out in nature and then they're 
their test results and 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 or their memory and cognitive learning and all of that is it's directly correlated and uh, it's really fascinating stuff yeah dude that doesn't surprise me at all yeah that doesn't surprise me at all um so yeah hopefully the school system improves it feels like it gets worse and worse every time i look up (laughs) this like common core math shit i was watching some videos of how they're solving math problems now bro it's the dumbest shit in the world (laughs) common core is so stupid you ever watch videos of people solving math problems with Common Core? No. Do it. <laughs> Do it. The next time, oh man, this would be a great time to play a video. But there's all these videos of people um, like solving math problems side by side using Common Core and then just using, you know, like regular arithmetic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not only does Common Core take so long to solve one problem. But it's just, it's not teaching people how to do math in an effective manner. Like I've, I'm able to do quick math in my head relatively well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just because of, you know, how much when I was really young, my teachers emphasized like the importance mm-hmm. of times tables and, and stuff like that. And now I'm just watching people learn common core math. And I have no idea how these kids are going to be able to do quick math in their head when, I mean, I, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I, I can see how, but it just seems like it's such a, a bad way to teach kids how to do math. And mm-hmm. so it's like, not only is the school system already flawed with standardized testing and teaching people math in a non real world applicable situation, but now it's like the way they're teaching it with common core is bad. And we're still getting these problems. Like if Johnny has 27 pencils and you know, <laughs> And kids are just like rolling their eyes reading this going, this is so fucking stupid. I just feel like there's a better way to teach math to people. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. And science too. You know, science. Like, I I loved science as a kid. I always did. But, you know, in high school I was taking, you know, chemistry. And one year I took aquatic science. I was just like learning all this stuff. And I've completely lost it. You know, I don't know what an ionic bond is. I don't know... You know, I, I remember basic stuff about how to read a periodic table and, you know, the composition of different elements in terms of protons, electrons, and neutrons, and atomic mass. I remember the basics there. But chemical equations and stuff like that, gone completely. Yeah. If I could go back and, like, watch 18-year-old or 17-year-old me do math, I bet I'd be like, dude, you should be working at Oscorp right now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean... Do you remember the math you were doing in high school? Do you remember like how good you were with a graphing calculator and shit? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, you would work with it every day, so you would have to master it, and then you'd, you'd learn all the little cheat codes in it, how to how it saved yeah. memory and shit, and yeah, and and then and my parents would watch me. That my parents would like see the shit I was working on, and they'd be like, "How are you doing that?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Mom, this is easy. This is <laughs> yeah. so easy." Yeah, I mean, you're doing it every day, and yeah. so yeah, it sticks, but. Um, I was always I always loved uh, geometry. I, for some reason, my, I always always like I could always visualize things in my head, and right. uh, like I could easily picture a cube and a pyramid, and I can imagine it rotating in my head and putting it on different faces. And like I was always good at that, and and that's one of the that's one of the things I still I still use a lot today. Like in like doing like visualization meditations and certain things that like I. I really enjoy just like going into my mind and, and learning stuff like that. But, and that's another problem is like everyone learns differently. Everyone has, yep. everyone has a way of, of, of something clicking for them or, or something that just more joyful to do to learn that process than something else is. So, you know, that's a whole nother, whole nother aspect of, of the schooling system. But yeah. Yeah. It's very important for kids to be able to learn in a way that's best for them. Some people are hands-on learners. Some people are visual learners. Some people are, you know, auditory learners. So school system has a long way to go. Um, but hopefully with the, the introduction of more technology and, and things like that, maybe things change. I don't know. Teachers are also underpaid, so they're not super stoked about teaching. And I feel like that has an effect on the way their lessons work and I don't know, that's a whole nother rabbit hole that we it's, don't really have time system, to get into it's today. It's a systematic but, problem. Yeah. And then the, the difference in the quality of schools based on 
you know, the neighborhood that they're in and schools being funded by property taxes leading to, you know, schools that are in the inner city, you know, having ratty old fucked up textbooks and like garbage computer access. Yeah. But then you go out in the suburbs of the same metropolitan area. I have to to tell you this story. I was uh, uh, running cables and wiring. um, uh, I was working for this company that would wire schools, hospitals, buildings, whatever. Yeah. And um, I remember going into uh, some of these schools in the inner cities in Houston. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was shocked when I walked into there, dude. I, I walked into this classroom that looked like it was from 1950. Um, they had, I mean, it was shocking, dude. It was shocking. I walked in yeah. there. It was it was damp, dirty. And this was a working school. This was a, a school that was like in fun. It looked like, going to every day. It looked like a school that was abandoned. Like it wasn't clean. It it was. It, I mean, it, dude. It was shocking to go in there, man. And they had old, like, old technology, dude. Stuff that was in there twenty plus years that hadn't been right. updated in twenty plus years. And we were going in to rewire some things, and they had old cables, dusty, dirty. Like it was just sad to see. I'm like, kids are. How are ki- How is this? How is this allowed? This should anyone right. who walks into that school should say immediately there is a big problem here. A big problem. Anybody, any, and so it's just like the fact that that's still happening right now. That there's kids in major cities all across America who's supposed to be this, you know, advanced, you know, technological, right. advanced society and culture where this is still happening is is baffling, man. So I think I I I'm I'm a huge proponent of people just taking it into if you have the ability and 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 the. And the time to build a homeschool is huge, and, and just knowing how to do it the proper way, and even just taking to, to I man, I, I always had this dream of starting my own school, man, of of starting a school for kids to learn like how to do grow it, food bro. and do stuff like that. Maybe I will one day. It's always been a dream of mine just to have some type of school. And I I recently listened to Randall Carlson, uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast, and mm-hmm. uh, Randall Carlson's a guy who's like a self-taught geologist and many other titles you want to put into that category um uh and he's starting his own school he actually started a school back in the day um i don't know like in the 90s and got kids together and was doing exactly what i was talking about earlier showing like real mm-hmm. world applications and and uh, i was just resonating so much with what he was saying and uh and he's starting a school right now in i forgot where i think somewhere in colorado but uh it's basically everything we're talking about, all the things that are wrong with it, he understands very well what's wrong with it. And he's like right. trying to fix that. And he's going to do an online portion of it all. And uh, he's just super fascinating guy. But he's one of these guys who's a self-taught expert on these subjects. And people don't think about that anymore. Like you think you have to go to four right. or five, eight years of schooling to become an expert on something. You don't. You can literally, there's so much, there's so much out there now, especially with the internet with libraries, even even before the internet, you could become a, a master at something. Like we talked about building car, like putting all the pieces right there and, and building a car. I know people personally who become became a mechanic completely self-taught. Right. Completely self-taught. They did not go to one day of school and they can fix anything you put in front of them. And I think that's just a testament to how how like intelligent people really are whenever you put your mind to something, you really want to do something, anyone can learn anything. You know? Right. And uh so it's fascinating to see. And you know what this also made me do is whenever I graduated high school, I was like, I became, I know I've talked about this before, but like I, I became, I just wanted to learn everything that I didn't in high school or in schooling right. period. I was just like, let me just, I just, and you know what happened was a lot of it came from, from music and, and from art. Um, so like I, I would listen to songs and like I would hear some, someone talk about something and I'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, who is that? What, or who, you know, like like Lupe Fiasco, for example. Have you ever listened to like pretty much any Lupe song? And he like name drops something or talks about something interesting or a philosophy or an idea. Or, and and you, there's so much to learn there. And uh, and I'm recently um, segueing into Kendrick Lamar. I know I wanted to talk about him earlier. We mentioned um, uh, there's a new podcast about Kendrick Lamar called The Big Hit Show. I think it is mm-hmm. on on Spotify. Um, yeah, it's called the Big Hit Show, and there and he's doing a. Uh, it's this guy um, who's doing a series on "To Pimp a Butterfly." Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's awesome. He's interviews from like everybody from Kendrick Lamar to everyone who's worked with him, even his childhood friends, his middle school teachers. Like he's like interviewed all these people. And, uh, and it's all about the project of how To Pimp a Butterfly came to be. And it's my favorite hip-hop album, so I, I'm just loving it right now. But there's so much wisdom and knowledge that is placed in that album, and I'm sure many other pieces of art and yeah. anything from painting to design to, you know, even the Great Pyramids themselves. You know, like there's so much wisdom and knowledge that are put into some of these right. things, which you can learn from just by simply dissecting it, looking at certain parts of it. Like just listening to one song like, like Mama on uh, To Pimp a Butterfly. It's profound. It's profound. And there's so much wisdom in there that you can learn from that you could probably never learn from a school. You know what I mean? Like going right. going to eight years of school. You know what I mean? So, Right. Yeah. And that was a little bit of a tangent, but. Well, all right. So here's what I propose. Sometime between now and next week, I'm going to listen to that podcast. And then I'm going to listen through the entirety of To Pimp a Butterfly again. Well, maybe I'll do a reverse order. I don't know. What do you think is better? Listen to the album first or listen to the podcast first? Uh, I So listening to this podcast, it makes me want to listen. It's building up that um, like suspense to listen to it again. So probably All listen right. to the podcast first because it like it creates that building. It's like whenever you uh, it's like whenever you watch a documentary about something like say you watch a documentary right. about Michael Jordan. Then you just want right. to go back and watch all of his highlights kind of thing, you know, or watch one of his epic games. All right. Kind of same thing with this. So that's what I'll do. I'll listen to that podcast. Then I'll listen to the album. And then next episode, we can do a deep dive. All right. Yeah, I would, I would love to, man. Right. Um, I've learned so much and I I credit so much of like who I am today through hip hop because there's so much conscious hip hop out there, you know, like mm. KRS-One, the teacher. You know what I mean? He calls himself the teacher. He's literally knowledge reigns supreme. You know, stuff like that where yeah. and Lupe Fiasco and... You know, some of these guys who like really change the way I think and 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 move out through my day. So yeah. yeah, I love it, man. And Kendrick is just one of those guys who's carrying that torch. Well, all right then, man. I'm gonna listen to it. And next week we'll talk about it and we'll see what I get out of it. We'll see if our thoughts on, on both are, are still the same and and we'll go from there. Okay, cool. I'm down. And all you still right. gotta and you still gotta read the people's history of the United States. <laughs> oh shit yeah so you got you got i'm gonna homework. see if i can find it for a decent price on amazon tonight all right cool i'm okay. sure you can all right man or actually i could just run. i can just send you mine i can just send it through the mail to yeah you. if you want but then you're you're out of a book if you ever want to read it again yeah but it'll be like special it'll be like oh this is some like so, what someone else wrote and i've i underlined stuff in there too so oh nice that might be kind of cool very tribal passing down yeah passing along knowledge that you've gained to another of your tribe um but all right man we'll do that and uh, i'll shoot you my address if you want to send me that book okay sweet let's do it okay all right man i gotta run but this was a great show uh for everybody listening learn how a telescope works listen to a great hip-hop album and uh investigate the discrepancy in our nation's schools i think that's a good <laughs> piece of advice for everybody i'll catch you guys later uh stay safe out there in the cosmos everybody peace, peace.